Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Suave Talk presented by Dyer's Top Rods. Joining us today is one of Turbo's BFFs. It's Floridian Kyle Bronson. Kyle, I've always wanted to ask you, how did a guy from the Sunshine Sunshine State get involved in super late mile racing? Oh, it's definitely tough, but it's just something you always dream of as a kid. You know the right opportunities to present yourself and just kept working my way up, you know, started at street stocks and just modifies and just along the ropes and just everything played out and worked out great for me. Did you ever imagine starting in the street stock ranks that you'd be a, a national late model touring guy? Not a chance, you know, we didn't really have money to do that stuff and stuff like that. And just, I helped Wayne for a lot. When I started helping Wayne shit before that, I thought the only track in the country was East Bay. <laughs> so, you know, I started helping him and he took me to a lot of places and we experienced a lot of stuff and pretty awesome you know and just kept working hard and pretty decided to get to where i'm at today i'm very appreciative of everything ever happened on the way your nickname is the killer is that some sort of a intimidation tactic on the racetrack or what i don't know the guys that started calling me that there so it just kind of went with it i guess so so people call me so I just keep on digging all right turbo your turn what people really don't know is there's actually the real killer and then there's the little killer and Kyle can tell you who the real killer is. Who's the real killer, Kyle? I guess it'll have to be Kyler. Kyler Bronson's the real killer. Nah, but, uh, so just talk to everybody, you know, obviously me and you and Squirrel, we're all boys. We go way back. And uh, just kind of tell everybody, really, like, when did you first start thinking, man, I think uh, Wayne's going to let me go race full-time or whatever. You know, like, when, at what point, when you were racing Barry Wrights, when you were crate racing, when did he finally say, hey, we're going to go super racing, and what kind of made you take the step? Well, really what happened is really the first week that we won that super late model race at Volusia, how it also happened is this guy came out and wanted some vehicles and stuff, and he, uh, Sean Smith was driving, I think it was his father-in-law or something, and he traded everything he had in, on trucks i guess he was pissed off and discouraged at the time so when he did that the speed was coming up i told wayne hey let me go race that car there you know at speed week so we had a brand new car we bought from mark richards and we put that motor in it from that guy we traded the stuff in on and we went over there and i said hey look i'm gonna focus on the modified deer deal here and win the points at blue show over there and i said that we'll race the late models you know the last three days when the outlaw starts he's okay well we went the first day and I was surprised the car was really good, and I was running third and hit the fence, knocked the right front off. All my guys already choked me. Next day, I think we won our heat race to run a second in the feature and blew the motor up. So I was literally strapped down going home, and Wayne told us to go home, and Bill came over, Pro Power Bill, and said, hey, look, I'll trade you out for that motor or whatever. And so we just made an agreement. We traded the stuff out there, and when we did that, that I won the next race. That's so pretty awesome. All right. Talk about, so then, now, fast forward four or five years, you're probably one of the best dirt late model racers in the country, obviously one of the best on the cushion. You know, when you wanted I-80, I mean, what was what was the first thing that went through your mind? I mean, you've been racing for a long time. At what point were you like, man, I finally did it? Because I talked to you after the race, and you were more worried about pulling out and headed back to Nashville than you were, like, celebrating the win. And, I mean, just kind of what went through your head that whole weekend? Were you finally relieved? Like, dang, Wayne's never going to fire me. I'm in for life. Or what you think? Oh, Wayne's like another dad to me. You know, he 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 helps me out. And like I said, I mean, Wayne's all the time. He'll help anybody that's trying for himself, you know. And just anybody's putting effort into it, Wayne always help anybody. You know that. I feel like you got a pretty good relationship with him, too. And just I definitely felt that way. I felt I was pretty 
pretty pumped. I was really more thinking like it's about damn time, you know. I felt like we give a few of them away and then went to Cedar Lake, you know, the next week and I felt like we should have a shot at another one. I kinda goofed that one up there a little bit, but you know, I might not would have been there if I wasn't driving so hard. <laughs> I hear you. Did you buy any extra chicken? Tell everybody about the farm you got at Nashville. Nobody really knows that Kyle's actually an outdoorsman. He likes hunting, fishing, loving every day. Talk about I'm actually, farm. I'm actually, I'm actually, I'm actually walking through the woods now. I just said I come up here and set my camera there. So I was like, so I'm about out of damn breath right here walking all through the woods here. I'm about to make it back to the shop now. But yeah, you know, I got to keep some chicken. You know, I got all these kids I got to take care of, you know, so the eggs are getting expensive, you know, milk's going up and, you know, and it's all this stuff, you know, it's getting expensive here. So, you know, I go out there, hopefully one day I have some cows to milk, you know, but right now we're just laying chicken eggs and eating breakfast every morning. Derek? I didn't even know you moved to Nashville. When did this happen? Actually, Wayne got us a place here at the beginning of the year. And like I said before that, you know, Squirrel always been kind of like my brother from another mother. So he's always bumming off him for the last two or three years. <laughs> I think in three years, I probably went home twice during the year. So never got to go home and just nice having a place that's somewhat home, you know, and ain't never nothing ever going to be like home, but it's nice anyways, you know, to be able to go back to your own place every week and be able to work and just get stuff prepared, really. I was going to say, how refreshing is that? Like you said, you only got to go home twice a year. How tough was that for you mentally, you know, being away from your son, being away from family? That had to be pretty tough. It's definitely tough, and like I said, not, not twice a year. Like, I've been home like two or three times in three or four, like it's my fourth year running the tour, you know, like I maybe got to go home once a year. And that's when we raced Phoenix City, Alabama, because that was only like six hours from Florida. And then it took that off the schedule, I think, after the second year. So so it definitely makes it tough, you know. Being away from family is, a, is the biggest thing that makes it tough. But, it's, you know, Kyler, and now it's really worse because Kyler used to come spend the whole damn summer with me. I and mean, from the day school got out to the day school went back in, he was with me the whole time. But now we got him into racing, and now he's like, heck with you, Dad, I'm going racing. <laughs> that's awesome. How is the little guy doing racing? He's probably having fun. Yeah, he's having a blast. And, I mean, the way it's been going, I mean, shit, he might take my ride before too long because he's winning a whole lot more than I do lately. <laughs> I got to ask you, though, where do you get your beard lined up at? I need the guy's number because that thing is always straight, always fresh, always clean. Where do you get that at? Where do I get what? Your beard. It's always looking fresh, uh, lined up. Well, no, we got a little place around here. It just now started going, too. But, man, you got to work on it, man. It takes me a little while, you know, and cheap razors and Walmart parking lots and I mean, Tyler, I mean, Tyler straight, straight raises you up. You know, he, he just trimmed Tanner up a couple of days ago. He trimmed his ass and all. Yeah, I did see that. Uh, what That was quite the experience there. Yeah, like I said, you mean, I mean, Tyler used to do a lot of stuff like that back in the day. That was when he was a real 91 OG. Now he's just one. So, you know, any, anybody that changes their number to one kind of slows down, kind of on a downhill slope kind of. <laughs> Turbo, you're up, dude. Uh, talk about Tanner. Tell everybody about Tanner. They don't really know. You basically raised Tanner as your own son. And he's Randall's son, too. But just kind of talk about Tanner and your crew guys and, you know, some of your best crew guys, Catfish Ronnie. Just talk about, you know, through the years, all the people you've had and give them a little background on them. Well, back in the day, you know, Wayne was working really hard and he really couldn't afford to pay anybody when we first started racing. You know, we just really going to races. And Ronnie and my cousin Timmy, you know, they come over every day and busted their ass and always helped me go racing. And finally, you know, them guys helped me as much as they could. And finally, it's about the, I mean, lose everything they own, get divorces and everything else because, you know, it's never home and never getting paid nothing. And so finally they had to get all real jobs and stuff like that. So I really appreciate everything you guys did for me. And Tanner, a guy actually called me to run a 10,001 Thunderstock race. So I went and did that. And we went over there and the first the motor was knocking. So I quit. So, all right, yeah, we ain't going to do this. Then the rear end, we said, oh, drive this other car. 
you know, we got this other car, the rear end was messed up, and I quit. And Tanner's like, oh, no, no, I'll change that rear end, you know, after he changed the motors or something in the other car. He changed the rear end, so he he just kept working, working, working. He's like, I'd love to get racing with you one time. And then, actually, he's actually helping Dylan Wood at a lake model race one time before he actually came with me. And they was leading, and I passed this Dylan in the last corner, and this fucking Tanner threw his sticks and broke his sticks, threw a big old tampered tamper thing, you know, was upset. And I was like, he's a pretty good kid, you know. And I was like, and he just kept working and working. And I seen him a couple more times, and I was like, hey, you come on me anytime you want. And he come with me, and he's been working hard ever since, doing a good job. I just got to wake him up every now and then. And then after all the, all the hassle, you know, him working with me and this and that, I mean, I, I put him through school. I did everything, raised him like my kid, like you said. And then I come to find out Randall Edwards is his dad. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, so next year, I mean, you think you're going Lucas again? Outlaws, like this year, you're on the fence about it. I know me and you both know we go run summer nationals, it'd be game over. But, I mean, we both can't do it in the same year. So, is next year the year you do it and then I do it the year after? Or when are we finally going to make the switch? What are you going to do next year? I really like racing Lucas because them guys are like family. So, I love racing that. But I'd about give anything to go race summer nationals for a month. You know, I was like, that's pretty badass. All good racetracks. Like, I wish all these guys would get their heads out their asses and get some summer national races like scheduled for for these series, you know. It's like I, I feel like we don't really get to race in Illinois much, you know. And I was like, it's not really our fault, I guess, it's because it's UMP stuff, UMP country. But you know, I love that part of the country. I love the black dirt, big cushions. You know, what else could you ask for? You know, it's like if you live there, anywhere else? Why, why would you go anywhere else? Period. Well, you did tell me all one. Right. Oh, go ahead, Turbo. All right. Well, since they're gonna bulldoze like our favorite racetracks at any moment, East Bay. I-80s up in there, which I hope they don't knock down any of them. I mean, give me your top five favorite racetracks, and you can't say East Bay or I-80. All right, well, I'm going I'm to I'm say my favorite racetracks because I feel like the, what's going to happen when I say I like something, they're going to bulldoze them. So I, I love Gaffney. I love Dixie. I love I love Rome. What 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 else we got that we love? I mean, uh, well, probably Raceway 7. Yeah, Raceway 7, I won there, and it's a shithole. I mean, it's not – I mean, the people try hard and stuff. I really love the people there. And uh, like I said, I, I love everything about all the tracks, the people, the people that run it, everything. It's just – I mean, this ain't really racy. You know, I, I mean, personally, I don't really – I'm not – I don't get pumped up or a big fan to go anywhere that if you don't qualify on the front row, you ain't going to win. I agree. I agree. Swab? I was going to say, I remember you telling me at the Summer Nationals at Fairbury that you would drive nine hours like weekly to go there than in some of the places you race throughout the entire country all year long. Oh, definitely. Like all them places in the Midwest, you know, it's like, I mean, Farmer City, Fairbury, Tri-City, like, I mean, I've been one of LaSalle, I love that place. Like the only place I ain't really been to that everybody keeps talking up, I can't wait to get to go to it. I think we're going to actually get to go to it this year is Tri-State. I can't wait. Oh, yeah, Hobsot's a very fun track. There's uh, sliders for days. You and uh, Turbo would have a great time there. Okay, so when you see Turbo on the racetrack and he's starting to pass you, do you give him less room than other drivers? Well, when I see Turbo on the inside of me, I start hitting the brakes because I know a big slider's coming. And what she does the same thing. Usually he takes my left front fender with him, but I still owe him one. But I'm not going to take it back out when it's 15th or something. You know, I'm going to wait till he's leading or something and move them out of the way to win the race or something. Nah, we race each other hard and clean. This, just like anybody. I feel like you race everybody the way they race you. If somebody is going to go in there and race you tough and run over you, you're going to do the same thing to them guys. But I feel like for the most part, me and Turbo has always raced pretty hard and pretty clean. You know, I'm surprised we ain't wrecked a lot more because we race so hard, but we, we try to give each other the best room we can, I feel like. You guys are both young drivers, but I hear from the older guys that race that, man, these young guys – 
they don't know how to race anymore. They have disrespect because they don't own their own equipment. What's your response to guys when they say that? I want to be honest. I feel like I've never raced anybody worse than they have raced me. But I guarantee I probably spend less money than most of these guys do because, I mean, I, I pretty much race off the income I get. Well, it's a couple of little help guys I got helping me. And just, you know, I work on my own car. I drive my own truck. I mean, I pretty much do have to work and just, I mean, the hell with all them guys. Most of them guys is whining, is driving up and down the road, drinking beer the whole time, you know, and just fucking sitting back relaxing in a recliner. How about you, Turbo? What's your response to that? I agree 100%. I mean, anybody that's been around me and Kyle knows we work just as hard, if not harder, than anybody. And, I mean, I hate when people say, oh, he had money or he didn't money. Like, at the end of the day, there's a lot of people with a lot more money than anybody, and they don't do it because they don't have the talent, they don't work hard at it, or what have you. So, yeah, it doesn't hurt my feelings much because, truly, the way that racing is now, you gotta, you have to race hard to try and win. And, you know, uh, I got booed straight out of Brownstown after I won because I gave Hudson a little chicken wing when, I mean, he missed the bottom. And, um, you know, if if you got nine nine guys lined up, all nine of them would say he's uh, he's definitely earning every bit of uh, every bit of it that he's getting back. So, I mean, I'm not mad at him, and I understand the way it is, but you don't race hard and you don't try to win, I don't think you deserve to win. You know, ain't, ain't many races won just cruising anymore, and I've said that multiple times, and I, I still believe that to this day. All right. No doubt Mark Richards has helped both of you guys out tremendously. You guys both call him dad. But for the power rankings, we'll let Turbo go first. How do you think he rates his kids? Like one through three, who do you think's the favorites? Uh, Josh is the favorite for sure. Sheppy's second, Kyle's third. I'm fourth. That's Ooh. the way I see it right now. How? But it changes. I mean, it all changes. It, it, it's week to week. What do you think, Kyle? Is that the rankings about accurate? Oh, Mark's always helped all of us a ton. You know, it's like he's definitely been mad at us a, a ton. I remember me and Chep got together. I mean, I don't know East Bay a year or two ago, and I know they're all be listening to this. So yes, Chep ran into me a hundred percent and knocked his tire all off or something spun out. And Mark was mad at the hell at me, and I had to show him the video, and then he was good the next day. But that that's the way it goes. So. We, me and Shep, you know, everybody's been talking. I've been talking to Shep the last three days. We've been talking about nothing but hunting. I mean, we ain't got nothing but Dixie and Rome and, and these places this weekend. So me and Shep, we've just been talking about big bucks. And have you always been a hunter? I've never really known that about you until today when you said you were looking at your trail cams and walking around. I did not know that about you. That's a pretty cool hobby to pick up, I'd say. Yeah, I never, ever hunted until last year. You know, Shep and Jonathan and all them guys kept telling me how fun it was and and then my family down in Jacksonville, Amber's side of the family there, they took me hunting in the last year. and I actually had a blast doing it. It's relaxing. You know, you get up in that tree stand, turn your phone off. You don't hear no bullshit. Just, I love it, you know. And it's like, I just really enjoy myself, you know. When I'm here at the house, like, I don't care if it's 10 o'clock at night or 8 o'clock. Now I live at my shop. So, like, you know, you might go out there late at night or, I mean, you can't ever relax because you're going to sit on the couch. You're like, oh, I got to get out here and get this done. Or I got to get this done and get that done. You get sitting in that tree stand. You ain't worried about nothing but something walking out you might kill all right turbo you go yeah so we know you're big buck hunter we know all that what else do we not know what does everybody not know about kyle bronson that maybe i don't know or squirrel don't know i mean y'all feel like we're pretty open we pretty much know everything we've done good bad and ugly but tell us something that not none of us know about kyle bronson like maybe maybe one of your favorite hobbies is swimming i mean i don't know just tell us something that nobody in the world would know not even me and i feel like i know everything about 
listen to her, but only, I mean, I mean, you know, every single thing. Squirrel knows everything. I mean, I don't I mean, I tell you guys everything. All we could do is talk about something and get us in trouble. So we better not do that. <laughs> I heard that. I heard that. I heard that. Man. All right. So next year, you say you don't know what you're going to do. Summer nationals. You don't know what's going on. What are the odds that Wayne's full time in a motorhome follows us around? And he is like our driving coach next year. You think there's a possibility he'll ever do that? Because we know he was a better racer than all of us. Tell everybody how good Wayne was. Nobody really knows that he actually raced USAC, all kinds of stuff, and was really good. Yeah, he was definitely great at everything he's did. And like I said, I mean, I never got to experience all that stuff. He was racing USAC. You know, when I come around, he was racing modifieds and lake models and stuff like that. And it's, you know, I really got to enjoy watching him race growing up, you know, at East Bay and stuff, watching him win all the races around there and pretty much won every day he's climbed in and everything I've seen him get in. But like I said, I never got experience all that stuff, but I would love for him to be able to come. Like he, which he's got to retire before too long, I would think. But, but you know, it's like I would love for him to be able to come with me this one year and just, just have that guidance or somebody telling me, hey, look, you know, you need to run here. and Just don't even think about it, you know, and just got the confidence in him. And like, like he's helped me, you know, like just like when I he's at Eldora with a dream with me, you know, he told me where I could run at or what I could do to be better. And it's, it means a whole lot having him at a place like that, being able to tell me where to go and just, just like his dad, his dad's passed away now. His dad's the one who got me started in most of all this stuff, you know, on my rise to the top, you know, racing modifieds and everything else. And it's, I mean, his dad took the time to teach me set, set, how to set front ends and I mean how, how to do build rear ends and how to do all that stuff, you know. And it's very appreciative for everything all them guys did for me, you know, because without them, I'd be nowhere even close to where I am today without them guys. All right, Kyle. So during that midsummer, you went I-80. You had great runs in Lucas Oil action. You're on fire. You could have won Cedar Lake like you, like a lot of people thought during that race. Then you know you hit this end of the summer struggle bus. What? Why is that? As like you see in racing, when a guy gets hot there for a month and all of a sudden kind of just plateaus off a little bit. I mean, all my luck really. I feel like my car. I mean, there've been a couple of days we haven't been that good, but I felt for the most part it's just really bad luck. You know, I feel like I went to one I eighty. I mean, I went and I went to Fairbury. I felt like one of my best tracks the next week and kind of struggled. But then I found that my dumbass did that burnout for trying to be like Tyler Herb, I guess, and locked the weld of the U joints to the to the damn yoke there. So when I did that, I struggled and I didn't find it till the next day in that B main. And my car was really good in that B main. And then this really ever since then, like it's trying to be prepared and the stupid stuff happens. You know, I've never had a race in my life. The power steering pump strips out at at Brownstown and takes the fuel pump out with it. So that put me out of the race. I broke a lift arm the first day at Brownstown running second, and it's a brand new lift arm at Knoxville the last day of it. So it have been second on the lift arm. It breaks and throws a dry shove out the car, you know. And just, just really, I, I feel like I haven't really lost all my speed. I mean, I feel like we need to be better at definitely at certain conditions. I mean, that. But other than that, I feel like our car's still been fast. We just got to have a little bit of luck back with us, really. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. So how do you keep that positive, upbeat, you know, attitude when you go to the next track? Just because you know you feel like your car's fast. Yeah, I feel like the car's fast, you know what I'm saying? I was like, I'm not really worried about it. It's going on to the next race. And really, I mean, nothing else really matters. You know, if you ain't going to win the points, I don't I mean, no matter where you finish at points, I feel like I always do better, so I try to win races. And I'm really, really looking forward to my next track that I'm looking forward to is Portsmouth. My car's been really good there the last four or five times I've been there. And, I mean, I feel like I got probably just as good a shot as anybody to win a 100,000 to win race. You know, and I used to hate that place. And I was, the last four or five times I've been there, I don't know why, my car's been really, really good. And, just works out for me, and I, I can't wait to get back to Portsmouth for that hundred thousand in the year. All right, Turbo, are you going to ask him about affliction, or do you want me to? 
Go ahead. I already know. How many Affliction shirts do you own, Kyle Bronson? I feel like every single time I see you at the racetrack before, you got a nice blue one on, a red one on. How many Affliction shirts does Kyle Bronson own? I don't know. I don't even have a clue, really. See, Turbo used to give me some shirts and stuff like that, and I used to wear all this stuff for a long time, but now he's got big time. And like I said, I mean, since he's been in the one car, you know, you don't really give me much stuff no more. And just, I don't know. You know, I got to wear all these other shirts I had. Do you think that uh, Turbo's changed a little bit then, being in the best performance car or what? I mean, I mean maybe a little bit. I'm, but, but I'm telling you, like, we could change him right back if his number was 91. I'm telling you, that's what we need, 91. Like, I don't even look at him the same. With that, with that one, that little bit of nine in it, listen, I just don't know why. Maybe there's a guy listening to this. Shepard, drive for the same guy, B5. Josh Richards, number one. What, what was the what was the last guy that drew for him? Another guy before shit. Westfall. You know, Matt, Matt Westfall, Westfall. You know, I was like, I mean, what the hell? Turbo's done won more money and more races than any of them guys times two since he's been there and still running around number one. Unreal, Turbo. What do you think about that? Should we put the ninety-one back on there? I mean, he hassles me about it all the time. I technically do have it on there, but it's little. I mean, I just, I, I'm, I'm worried. I'm, I, I go with the flow too much. Kyle's more. Kyle's more gets what he wants, but I just I like to I like to please everybody, so I don't I don't get too wound up about it. But I'm just really curious, Swab. Did you know Kyle's getting married in February? I heard he was engaged, but I didn't know the date. Is that going to be during Speed Weeks? He's going to have to miss some days, or what? Yeah, got to ask him. Done deal. Yeah, Turbo is supposed to be planning the bachelor party. I mean, I don't know where we're going to go. I don't. I mean, I don't know where St. Louis or something. Maybe I don't know what he said. <laughs> I mean, Suave, do you do you think that Kyle's ready for marriage? Is that because that's like when you take the next step in your racing career? You get married, have kids, but she already had a kid. That's when you start winning every race. I mean, do you think it's time for Kyle to do that or what? Oh, I'm I don't know here because I feel like a lot of drivers here in the near future have been single and bachelors are going to get married soon. Bronson, Sheppy, I feel like. Turbo is about ready to pop the question. Devin Moraine, I think all you guys are going to get married, and I think maybe all the married people are going to see a guy rise to the top. I hope that you guys don't lose your mojo. Listen, Turbo is one, Turbo is one of the next in line. He can sit here and act tough guy if he wants to, but I promise you it's on a downhill slope like it doesn't hit the finger yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. He's lying. How did you get the number forty, Bronson? Are, are, are we are we taking bets on this, or what are we doing? I'd say he better he better propose before next May. I would think, otherwise, you know, she might she might leave him. I don't know. I doubt that. I'm, I'm like glue. You can't leave. She's stuck. <laughs> All right. So, Kyle, how'd you get the number forty? Where'd you pick number forty? B B for Bronson, obviously. Yeah, B for Bronson, obviously. And what happened is. And Wayne's dad was always number 40. And then Wayne was 48 or 66 when we started racing. So when Wayne's dad, like I said, he's the one who took a lot of the time and helped me when we first got into all this racing. And I was driving their car, so I just, it was number 40 after him pretty much. But I put the B on there because back when the Modified Nationals used to be East Bay, when I first started going down there, you know, I was like, there was 100-something cars every day. And it's like, I mean, it's just, I mean, there's so many, it's a couple 40s, couple, about every number, you know. I was like, the only thing it wasn't one is B12. It was Kevin Weaver kept coming under and taking all our damn money. Well, that's what I was going to say. Uh, yeah. 
you, that's what I was going to say. All the people that I've talked to, I'm um, from the Midwest, big Kevin Weaver guy. You kind of met him and saw him in a modified where you said he came down there and just whooped some ass. Like, how good was he in a modified? Because he never really raced it much up here. Yeah, but like back then, you know, I was like, you knew like every time that Sunday five after rolled around in the rubber or whatever, like Kevin Weaver is going to be there at the end and be tough to deal with, you know. So it's pretty awesome to, to, to get racing with him. I remember my first race that I had wrapped up in the bag. It was like a half a lap ahead on the white flag lap, and the guy got into me and cut my tire down, and Kevin was running second. I'm like, God damn, I was finally going to beat this guy. And then it took me like a year later that I started winning a couple more of them, you know, and it's like then I beat him a couple of them. That's pretty awesome, you know. All right, Turbo, sorry right, I cut so, you off. No, nah, you're good. All right, so be honest. Like, Nick Hoffman's the king of mods right now, and you used to win, like, every mod race back in the day. So you think if you were racing mods still, would you be winning 34 races and 47 starts, or you think Hoffman would have your number? To be honest with you, I feel like he's winning races because he's outworking them guys. I mean, he's got a lot more knowledge, and he's around a lot more people that take him to the next level that where a lot of them guys are crying about him. And I mean, I feel like a hundred percent. I feel like if I got in a car, I could go beat him as much as he could beat me. I was like, he's doing a great job and you got to give credit when credit's due. You know, it's like, I don't care who you are. It takes a pretty damn good guy to go win that many races, but he also, he's out working them guys. You know, he's beating most of them guys in the shop and them guys are running the same thing on these modified cars that I ran 10 years ago. I felt like, you know, and they're, they're not getting better. I mean, they're not trying to get better. You know, Nick's out working hard, trying to get stuff better. So are we going to the Dome? Are you going to race a modified again, or was that a one-time? I mean, you done after last year. You gave it away on the last lap. I don't know if anybody <laughs> remembers that, but Eric Loesch. coming in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was like, that deal right there is like, I mean, I would 100% go race somebody else's car. I mean, I'd love to go race the Dome, but I was like, if somebody, if somebody got something I can go drive that, that's, that's worth racing, I said, hell yeah, I'd give it a shot again. Get Too this much work for me to take my own car, though. Get this man a ride, people. He He wants redemption here. He wants redemption. Yeah, yeah, like sure. I said. You racing turbo? If Kyle races a mod, I'm racing a mod again, but I'm only going if I can beat Kyle. Well, fine as a couple of rides. What do they got out there? I don't know. There's probably plenty. Just get an elite chassis from Hoffman. Like, I'll buy the ride for both you guys. Perfect. Yeah, also too. Like I need to, I need to talk to Shep first. Make sure it ain't in the middle of a rut or something. If it's in the middle of a rut, I might have to go hunt. <laughs> oh, <laughs> look at you just being big game hunter. Like, so how have you like shot rifles beforehand, or did you have to get some practice in, or what did you have to do? I never hunted. I never really hunted until somebody come there. Like, like I said last year, Amber's family and stuff, or whatever, which is my family now. Grady and Frankie and Garrett and all them guys, you know, they told me they wanted to come hunting with them, so I went with them. And like I said, I just really enjoyed it from the first time I got in that tree stand. It was nice and quiet, nobody messing with you, and just relaxed. And be cold as hell sometimes, but like I said, it's it's just something that I feel like that you either really like it or, or you don't like. Like Tanner went with me twice and didn't see nothing both times, and he said, "The hell with this," and he went going back, you know. So you really got to like it, you know. I was like. I really dislike it really because it's peaceful and like I said, you I mean it's relaxing really, I guess. Have you adapted to the I cold mean, weather? No, it ain't really been cold yet. I mean, I ain't been here and been too cold yet, so that's going to be tough a little bit in the winter here, I feel like, but you know, overall, it ain't never been that bad yet. What about, uh, so are you a bow hunter, crossbow hunter? Because I mean, a real hunter uses a bow, not a crossbow. I'm just curious what you use. 
I never ever been bow hunting in my life. I just got I just actually just bought a crossbow. This is gonna be the first year I ever I ever go, you know, and, and kill something with a bow. I actually been going the last couple of days. It's opened up up here, and I hunt behind my house a little bit here. There ain't really many woods, but a guy actually that we've been talking to, my buddy Tony, I met, and uh, he told me to come to his house yesterday and hunt a little bit, and I seen three or four deer. And it was kind of crazy because then he said, hey, I'm going to have a big one's walking out. Come up here to my house. I come up to his house, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm about to kill this thing. You know, big old buck walks out here. You know, this thing's probably 10, 12 points. I'm like, it's a monster. And I'm all getting all primed up, getting ready. And he's like, oh, yeah, we can't shoot this one right here. I'm saving this one for my granddaughter or something. I'm like, I mean, I was like, are you kidding me? This is like going to fucking prom or something with the fucking smoking hot bitch, the baddest bitch there or something, and, and she leaves with fucking somebody else. <laughs> That's awesome. you know, I was like, I was like, you know, I was like, what, what do you do? I was like, man, it's like, man, I'm sad when I left there. You know, almost as sad as losing to your leg. No, I wasn't that sad, but but it was still, it was pretty bad. You know, seeing that big old buck walk out and you couldn't even shoot him. And so you take me hunting, and I take a big buck. You gonna let me shoot it? Hundred percent. Listen, the problem is in Kyle's woods, everything goes. <laughs> That's hey, awesome. You mean you mean usually you don't eat the horns anyways? Yeah, I heard that. So I'll... all right, last thing we're gonna do. It's a challenge that's hitting the internet all over. It's the Florida Man Challenge. So you basically what you do, the Florida Man birthday challenge is you type in, in Google search Florida Man and then the date of your birth. So your birthday. So I put in June eleventh, Florida Man June eleventh, which is Kyle Bronson's birthday. He's about the same age as me. And the headline is on Fox News is Florida man caught with cocaine on his nose, and he insists the drugs were not his, the deputies say. So a Florida man got arrested for having cocaine on his nose, but insists it wasn't his. So they got quite the quite the headlines down there in Florida for some of these people, don't they, Bronson? I'm not saying all Florida men are like this, but they have some crazy things down there. It's like the Wild West. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, I mean, there's a lot of crazy things go all over the country, you know, so it's the way it gets sometimes, I guess. All right, January 1st. January 1st. This is January 1st. January 1st. Florida man arrested for attacking a McDonald's employee over not getting a straw. I mean, that's kind of a bold move, just attacking a person for not getting a straw. That guy had uh, some anger problems there, huh, Turbo, on your birthday? I mean, I feel like I can relate to that. I know uh, I know a lot of people that have lost at a McDonald's drive through I mean, I work with one every day that, I mean, he's on the edge of going postal if they don't bring him his grape jelly in the morning. So I, I definitely can feel with that guy. <laughs> Turbo, I know you've had shenanigans in the past, but have you ever done like the milkshake thing and threw it back into the people working? Please tell me no. <laughs> I haven't, but our fearless leader of one of our series that we run, I've heard a story that a full large Coca-Cola got thrown back through the window and then he went and made it right about 45 minutes later because he felt bad, but... Me personally, I've never thrown nothing through the window. Now I have dropped some MFs at some drive-through employees before, and I actually like two weeks ago when I went and drove that damn Stevens car at Fairbury. On the way back, we stopped at McDonald's, and it was me, Caitlin, and Duty in the van. And uh, like the dude at the well, it was a girl at the window, but they were all real young. And there's like three dudes in the back. I don't know where we were at in Illinois. I I couldn't even tell you where it was, but we pulled through. I ordered like. Five chicken sandwiches, five ten-piece nuggets, and, like, two burgers. Well, like, I got the first bag, and I was like, this ain't it. And this girl, like, closed the window, wouldn't talk. Like, she was all, like, clammed up. I was like, hey, 
like, hey, I didn't get all my stuff. Well, she wouldn't say nothing, so I had to come back through. When I come back through, Caitlin was like, I got to go to the bathroom. I got to go to the bathroom. So she ran inside and went to the bathroom. And they're like, hey, y'all, what, what's your girl's number? What's your girl? I was like, oh, that's my sister. I was like, ask her. She'll tell you. <laughs> and uh, so my phone was laying on the on the console right there. Well, Caitlin got back in, and Caitlin grabbed my phone and was like, yeah, it's 281, and gave my phone number to the guy. Well, then we're leaving, and she finally gave us all of So we had to go through the drive-thru twice to get all of our food. We're leaving, and the guy texts and say. I forget exactly what it says, but in a nutshell, it was like, hey, yo, this is Jay Money. What you doing, shawty? And I was like, are you kidding me? Well, it was my phone. So I played along with Jay Money for like two weeks, and that was like <laughs> an ongoing joke. Like, I was like, I can't, I even, I was like, damn, daddy. I said, what you doing? He was like, just chilling. What about you, shawty? <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. But, yeah, McDonald's drive throughs are ruthless. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, Kyle, you travel a lot. Turbo, you travel a lot. We all eat late nights. It's kind of, I'll even let Kyle answer this. It's kind of sketchy sometimes when you go to these late night gas stations, late night food. Sometimes you don't know where you're going to get. Yeah, it's definitely tough. You know, shit here lately, we can't even get a hot dog off the roller. You know, so I'm like, it's definitely tough. It's depending on where you're at, you know. I mean, you usually catch a Subway or Wendy's or somewhere like that. I mean, Turbo, he probably stops at the Loves all the time because they got McDonald's. So. You know, you don't ever know what you're going to get, but usually when we're at the races for two or three days, we always cook for each other and cook or whatever, so we always have quite a bit of stuff there usually. All right, last question is, and I don't even know if you want to answer this anymore, Bronson, because Tyler Herb's on kill this year. We've gotten driver surveys. we got drivers assessing Tyler Herb's driving ability, and we've taken some notes over the last year and a half, two years, and he's becoming a pretty solid driver, but – we got to ask you, we always end the show with this, just rate Tyler Herb's driving ability, what he needs to improve on still, and we're just trying to make him the best driver possible. I mean, I really feel like Tyler drives hard and he does a great job. And I, I mean, I felt like that, I mean, we all definitely learn more every time we get in a car, but I feel like when he wins races, his cars are good, you know, and like when he wrecks is because his cars are bad and he's trying to get more out of his car than what he could give, you know. I mean, of course, you know, we always want our cars perfect or we can cruise middle bottom like half these guys do when their cars are perfect all the damn time, you know. I was like, but I feel like that Tyler does a good job and people don't give him the credit that he deserves. I mean, that that's like, really, I feel like Tim McCready and, I mean, Tim McCready and Jimmy Owens is probably one of the two best drivers in the country. And, I mean, they fly under the radar the whole time. I feel like them guys don't get enough credit. But I feel like Tyler's done a good job and he don't get enough credit and just, and like I said, you mean, I mean, half the guys know, oh, he Tyler wrecked here, or he did this, or he did that. Well, that's probably because his car ain't 100% all the time, and he's driving his ass off to get the best finish he can. Turbo, I want you to respond to his answer impersonating Kyle Bronson. You want me to make fun of Kyle right now? Are you serious? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. All right, I will, one, I will one time just because Kyle knows I make fun of him too. And Tanner, really, you should have got Tanner on here because Tanner does it better than anybody. But I'll just give you all right, Kyle, don't be mad at me. Don't run into me this week. I'm saying right now, like, that damn Tyler, like, he does a really good job, you know what I'm saying? But, like, he just, like, his car, when he's not, I mean, like, he's just driving. When that thing took, goddamn, like, it's real good. But, like, I don't even know. Like, that Tanner, like, goddamn, I got to go get him out of bed. I got to get done with this goddamn interview. I'll talk to y'all later, see. Uh, I mean, that was decent. Was that good, Kyle? Good to go. All right, Kyle. Well, <laughs> thank you for taking time out of your day. I know you're uh, getting your trail cams ready, getting ready for hunting season, which people probably didn't know that about you. I definitely didn't. But uh, 
again, thank you take for taking time out of your day and uh, for this awesome interview, and good luck down the road. Have fun at Dixie and Rome next week. All right, I appreciate it. Y'all guys have a good day. See you later. Hey, Kyle, I love you.